All right, let's turn our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 24. And um, this morning, I want to to start bringing our prayer series to uh, an end. I want to close out next week. So I just want to touch on um, certain areas. And uh, today I want we'll continue with uh, the teaching of James as to giving us what will term insight on what we will call the ground game to carry out when you are praying. When we talk about a ground game, uh, it's a concept you get out of, let's say, American politics. In other words, what he's saying there is you can do all of the advertisement and all of that, but then you have to have a strategy on the ground to get out the votes and to convert what you have done in terms of adverts, in terms of messaging, all of that has to be converted into some physical motion in order for you to win the election. So it's the conversion of the prayers and all the spiritual stuff into a proper ground game in order to get the result. So it's like saying faith without works is dead. Show me your ground game and I, or or show me your faith without the ground game and I by my ground game will show you what I really believe will happen. And so I want to look at some of those things. But let me just uh, touch on uh, about three things uh, that I said concerning prayer. I talked about ten things that you must do while you are praying or when praying, uh, midweek service. And I just want to touch on about two or three here as we go on. And we've said that the prayer of supplication It's the prayer where what it is, is that you make your specific request known unto God. And it's like a written formal petition. When we say written now, the substance of that prayer is that you cite the portion of the scriptures or word of God that backs your request. And then you offer up therefore that request on the premise of understanding God's mind for that particular situation. So we said you get into any situation, don't panic. First thing is surrender your own will and enter into the place of worship. Uh, right? Someone said when we examine uh, more closely answers to prayers, we realize that long before we ever offered a prayer, God has already set the answer into motion long before. So that when we pray, it's not when God begins to work on that situation, but he opens our eyes to see what he has already done concerning it. The scripture says with every temptation, he has provided a way of escape. So you go to God in his sovereignty, worshiping him. Saying, uh, we're worshiping you here, for let your kingdom come. Your will be done in this situation as it is in heaven. And then we said, with the worship there going on, ask God to show you, open your eyes, for you to come to recognize 
what his will is concerning that thing. And you find that in the word of God, and so you start reading the scriptures. However, if you have been faithful in living every day, reading the Bible, praying, and storing up scriptures in your heart, when the situation arises and you go to God in worship, the Holy Spirit will not, or I just begin teaching you things, he will bring to your remembrance some of the things that had already been shown you. For God will prepare you, right, for that particular situation ahead of time by giving you relevant scriptures when you are not even conscious of it. Then we said, if you are in a situation where you need help, then call for help, call people that are spiritual that you know, that if you can have a session of just comparing scriptures, now the reason why it is good to sit with them and not just ask them to send you the scripture is for you to know the process of discovery. Which means when you sit down with a person and he says, all right, let's check this, and you call this scripture, he says, no, that won't work. This has to go with this so you understand the process through which people find scriptures, all right, in the word of God, and then you are convinced of what God, right, wants to do as revealed in his word. Then you ask for something specific. A supplication is a specific request. In other words, if you need, let's say, 521,000 naira, it's your need. And then as you start with the word of God, you found scriptures that said things like, he is the joy of the whole earth, he is beautiful for situation. You found scripture that says, is your ever-present help in a time of need? You found things that said, you know, come to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. You found God will supply all of my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You talked about the fact that, you know, he will not suffer even young lions to lack and all of that. And then you came to the conclusion that you are satisfied that God is committed to helping you out of that situation. Now, the prayer should not be, Father, I'm asking you to therefore meet this need. The prayer should be, according to this word, I'm asking for 521,000 naira. Because that is the actual need. And that once something cannot be quantified and measured, it cannot be received by the human mind. You must remember you're going to receive it in your mind. That's why it says anybody who is double-minded, all right, cannot receive anything from the Lord. So the mind is involved. And the mind can only conceive what can be measured and placed, all right, on this earth, which is, is measurable and it can be put into a time frame. That's what the mind can actually appreciate. So if you just say abundance, we said this, right? I mean, if a person starts a church, the young pastor, he has seats for 30 people. And that's after two Sundays, 100 people come into the church and there's an overflow, that is an overflow. That is an abundance. He will leave the place, rejoice, and they'll go back, worship, and thank God, God, you are doing mighty things. But to somebody else, if 100 people come to the service, God has departed from them. Do you get what I'm saying here? Based on the capacity that they have, all right, 100 can be a sign something is grievously wrong with what is going on here. 
100 can be to some people a sign that the Spirit of God is moving mightily in this version. So you can't just say, all right, abundance, it has to be quantified there. Because you are moving from glory to glory, from capacity to capacity there. So we said you've got to be specific and therefore ask for it. And once you have asked for that particular thing, let us assume you prayed on the 10th of July at 12.30 p.m. Then you offered up the prayer and read it out loud to God and presented it to him as your supplication and petitioning you for this. And I'm asking you according to your will, here, here, here. Then you ended by saying, I believe in the name of Jesus that I have received this particular thing. If you are believing for healing, you don't just say, well, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I've received healing. If it's into your knee or ankle, into my knee or into my ankle. Listen well to Kenneth Hagin. He said it was when he said on his deathbed, all right, God has healed me of this incurable blood disease. He changed the confession and became specific. If you listen very well to him, right? So he say, into my kneecap or into my ankle, wherever it is, I believe I received it, all right, at, on the 10th of July at 1 p.m., whatever time you prayed, and I thank you that it's done in the name of Jesus. From that point on, we said, you got it that moment. This is the confidence that we have in him if we ask. Now, if you remove this, there is no confidence again, nothing. This is the confidence. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And we know that if he hears us, then we have the petitions that we have desired of him. So once you have offered that prayer, on the 10th of July at 1 p.m., it is done. From that moment, you draw the line in the sand. In order to keep yourself focused, you can write it or write on the wall that when you wake up is the first thing you see and at night is the last thing that you see. So you keep it right before yourself there. On the all right, 10th of July at 1 p.m., I, in the name of Jesus Christ, I got this particular thing. Father, I thank you for it. Every statement concerning that thing must be a statement of faith and every form of prayer offered up, all right, around that thing or for that thing must be a statement of faith. So you wake up the next morning and you want to pray and you say, Father, I thank you that yesterday at 1 p.m. I received, all right, this particular amount, 521,000 naira right out of your hand. I thank you for this in the name of Jesus. Thank you that it's done. Now as I go into a session with the Holy Spirit, I ask for the assistance of the Holy Spirit with groanings that cannot be altered, praying out the details for the birth of this particular thing. Which means from the point you believed you received it to the point of manifestation now, in between that point is what is called spiritual warfare. So you are in a battle for the manifestation of something that God has already done. You are standing in that liberty and you're saying thank you in the name of Jesus and then you start, all right, you're going to travel in prayer with thanksgiving over that particular thing for its birth.
Now, it might take two weeks. It might take two days. It might take six hours, depending on certain things. All right, it might take six months. It might take, all right, for the manifestation of it. But that period between I believe I receive and the manifestation is where we have the real genius of Christianity, and that will be the most blessed time in the life of a Christian. The manifestation is not the most blessed time. It is what is happening in between, all right, as you dwell, delve into the realm of the Spirit and have many powerful discoveries there. Now, but what I want to say are two things here. I believe I receive, and then you're praying for the birth of that thing continuously. Now, should it be, for example, it's a condition, let's just say, in a person's knee, and it's painful, all right, it's believing for healing. And then you meet with a man of God, let me just say this here, that carries a grace for healing. Now, but on the 10th of July, at 1 p.m., you received your healing. Now, you meet that man, and you're thinking, what then should I do? And there's a pool for this man to ask this man to assist you or to pray for you. Now, this is what you do. So you go up to him, and you don't say, you know, I have a condition and my, my knee is so painful and all of that. Can you please pray for me? You are breaking what you did on the 10th of July by saying it has not yet been done. Do it again. However, what you should do is to walk up. I'm just giving an example here. We're praying. And say, sir, on the 10th of July, I asked in the name of Jesus Christ based on these scriptures for healing inside my knee. And I believe I got it that moment. However, I see you carry a grace for healing to make it visible. Therefore, I ask that you lay hands for me, all right, or pray for me for the manifestation of this particular thing that you impart grace into my life that will enhance the manifestation of that healing that I received. And then the person prays for you an actually spiritual substance, like Jesus said, virtue and power has left me. Spiritual substance leaves that person into your body. The same way handkerchiefs were placed and something was released into the body, spiritual substance is actually released into the body or your body there for a manifestation. It might happen immediately. But it will, a worst case scenario, speed up the manifestation of that particular thing. Now, if you get together to pray with your friend, all right, like a cell, and you want to pray over it, now understand the power of two or three coming together. It is not in the area of your supplication, which means if three of you ask God, then it makes God hear better. The power there of two or three coming together is that one will put a thousand, two will put ten thousand. So it increases the energy that is released exponentially there for the manifestation. Because you are dealing now with demonic opposition, so you are saying, if I come together in agreement with somebody, uh, the power that I'm releasing as 1,000 and 1,000, we come together, it becomes 10,000, we bring a third person exponential there, more spiritual power and energy can be released for the fulfillment of that particular thing. So the three of you come together and say, Father, we thank you. 
It is done. In your faithfulness, you've heard and answered this prayer, and you've spent some time thanking him, and then you go into the place of prayer, and that prayer is to cause there to be a breakthrough in the realm of the Spirit that is what God has done to be made visible. And so you are there praying. Now, bringing more people into it that are in perfect agreement, not that say they're in agreement, that know the scriptures are in agreement, will hasten the manifestation, all right, of that particular thing. So we understand this. Because what you are now doing now is spiritual warfare. It's not like three people will convince God better, but three people will push through, all right, that particular thing faster than just one person will do it. So that's where the intercession, all right, goes on there where you're praying. Now, number three, when you are in a time of prayer, it is necessary. And many times we leave this out and can be the game changer because there's what you call, all right, in spiritual things, the covenant, and then there's what you call the prophetic. In other words, the, what I have taught is the covenant, the agreement, but the prophetic now are maneuvers in the spirit nobody can teach you. In other words, God just shows you, all right, that this ought to be done in this particular situation there. You are led by the spirit, is what we're saying. In other words, you get into it. So Paul, when they were in that shipwreck, all right, and he went to God after long abstinence, the prophetic came out. Now, he must have taken the written word of God and prayed for their, for their salvation or, or salvation which meant uh, deliverance, right? But then when the, he entered into the realm of the spirit, the words he heard and the angel showed up and said, you cannot die because you must preach before Caesar. That you cannot find a scripture. That you are dealing now in the prophetic. In order to be able to get into that, this is what will happen. When you begin to pray, now, let's say because, and the Holy Ghost is an organized person. He is the one behind all of what we see that the sun rises, sets at a certain time. So he's organized. So if you go to work in the morning and you pray in the morning before you go to work, he won't do it this because you are going to work. He knows that. However, if you start praying, let's say on a Saturday, and it is clear that you have time. The only things that you want to do is you want to go and watch a match on television or you want to watch something, uh, cartoons or whatever you want to watch. And the Holy Ghost knows this is not necessary. Are you following me saying here? And that issue is hanging in the spirit and there needs to be some time of pushing in order for it to happen. An anointing comes on you and the Holy Ghost bears witness with you when you start praying. You can't stop after your regular 30 minutes. You have to keep praying this thing. Keep pushing because there is something that has to happen in the realm of the spirit now. And you are there and you are pushing and you know you should not leave. And you are there and you are pushing and you know you should not leave. And you are there and you are pushing and you know you should not leave. The more you push, you don't get tired, the stronger you get. The more you push, the stronger you get. The more you push, the stronger you get. In other words, there's an anointing for that particular thing. The Holy Spirit there is supplying the strength and the energy for that long season of prayer because he knows you may have to pray for three and a half hours to get a breakthrough in that thing. A session of it there. Are you following saying here? Can I thank him when he brought in a very strong observation that they said after five hours of prayer, God spoke clearly to him 
Something now is going to happen. So there are times where you have to stay there. John Gillick will report about people that were in desperate situation of life and death. And his team will stay there and pray and pray. And they will come out and after some time say, we have the answer now. Heaven has touched the earth. The recovery will begin now. Are you following what I'm saying here? Which means you have pushed and he's saying, we want to get something through. This is not just the act of I've done for 30 minutes, let us go, as they said to us in church. Now you are getting into the prophetic. The Holy Ghost rests upon you and he says, you've got to stay here. You've got to stay here. You've got, we've got to pray this thing through. We've got to pray this thing through now. Now I need you here. And that unction is just there for that moment and it says something. Now don't disrespect the Spirit and don't grieve the Holy Ghost. Are you following what I'm saying? And that can be the difference between whether you get a result or not. Nobody can teach you that. Nobody knows when the Holy Ghost came upon you and said, don't leave this place. Nobody can tell you that. F.F. Boswell, probably the finest teacher of faith and healing, said there is no way under the sun any person can tell another human being who has practiced the word of God why he didn't get the healing except you are operating by the gift of word of wisdom or word of knowledge. He said, because it could be a demon that is in operation and nobody knows. But the Holy Ghost will put that on you as a person and say, listen, fast off this day, stay off food. We needed to push through on this particular thing. So the Holy Ghost can put it inside your heart and you just never do that. Nobody will know. Do you get what I'm saying here? Nobody will know. Now, so there's the covenant. As, as they told the children of Israel, they said, you are children of the covenant and also of the prophets. So there's the agreement that is being led by the Spirit. All right. So you practice that there. Okay? Very important there. All right, you practice that. Also, let me say this. I didn't say it in other service, but let me just say this here. Mr. Lakeholder said something that was very powerful during the men's meeting. Very powerful. Now, even if, if I won't say if you're not a man, if you're not a man, then you're a woman. So there's no need if you're not a man. Like there are five other things you can be. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. But listen, I mean, you don't have to. It was a men's meeting. Just, just cut off the first 20 minutes of his session, which was for men. Remove it and then listen. Right? It's for, it's for every spirit being. And he said something. I agree completely with him. He said the way he moved, and this is, this is meditating on the answer to your prayer. All right? He said the way he moved, all right, from where he was, that he always had a dream there and desire to live in a particular area in Lagos. And so when he had no money, nothing, he would just, um, I don't advise you do this now because that was then. Because what we have now are gated communities. And they put a gate there to protect themselves from intruders. So if you go there, in, as with what is happening in the country now, and you sit down and you are doing this, you are very likely that you will soon be visited inside that car. And you have some real explanation to do. And you will not be doing it there. You will be doing it at the police station. Because what are you doing here? Who do you know in this place that you are doing this? But what you do, maybe it was where you can do where there's no gate. 
Maybe that's where he was. So he just sat down. And he said he would just imagine, just look in, sit in the area in his car and just absorb the atmosphere. Absorb the atmosphere of him living in that place. I said, and you'll go. Every day will come, 15 minutes. Do it and go. 15 minutes. He said, well, to cut long story short, two years from that particular point, he was inside one of those houses. And he can't really explain how he did it. And I said, I think midweek, I had a friend. I just thought about when I was saying it. You know, and he said, I have to, it was good. I said, I must go to travel. I must, I haven't seen him since that time. He said, I must travel, I must travel, I must travel. Every time he would go to the airport, just sit down. He would drive there. And he would look at the planes. He said, one day, one of these planes will take me. He would just watch them go. Watch them go. Six months after, I followed him to the airport. He was in one of them. So your imagination has been given to you to make contact with your future before it happens. The Bible says if they were mindful, that is, they kept imagining the country from which they came, they would have created opportunities to come back. But they desired a better country. And how did they do that? They sat down. So when you're praying and you look at the answer to your prayer, sit down, all right? Say 10 minutes a day, just you imagining that answer with you. Thank you for listening.